0: This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot (laughs) when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say... It really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash otherworld. That's harrys.com slash otherworld for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This is the second part of a two-part series. If you haven't heard part one, you should go back and start with that. Last episode, we heard from Alex. He was extremely cooped up during the COVID-19 lockdown and decided to go on a camping trip in the Uari forest. And I could really relate to that. Camping was literally one of the only things you can do around then and I did it a lot. And all the campsites were closed, so I would just basically drive out into the woods or desert and find a place. Luckily, nothing weird happened to me while I was out there. But during Alex's camping trip, he experienced a lot of very strange things. And when he got back, he started researching, and things seemed to point towards Bigfoot. He eventually spoke to his roommate about it, and then the two of them decided to go back into the woods. For me, I might have been too scared to do that, but I think for Alex, it was at least partly to prove to himself that he didn't imagine it. I think he was really curious and just wanted to know more. And curiosity is very, very powerful. So in this episode, we're gonna hear from Alex about his version of that second trip. And then we're gonna talk to his roommate Julian about his experience of the entire thing. This is episode 34, The Uwaris Part 2, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? Is this Bobby?
1: Yes, it is.
0: We're still, you still rolling? Yeah, let us, let us know when
1: you're ready. Okay, okay. Um. am so
0: excited. i You tell me Samo and the Pacific Islands <laughs> get be superstitious. This is
1: a, a story about... Okay, so it's been about two months at this point. Um, I have had a time to kind of process this experience. I explained to my roommate, Julian, what exactly happened. He's like, I want to say he's he's open but still skeptical, which, of course. uh, But he's willing to go with me to see if anything weird happens again because I am at a point where, like, I'm kind of past the fear almost, and I am just so curious that I just need to find out what the fuck this place is about. So, we decide to go with our other friend Stephen in De- I think it's early December, uh, and we get and we also okay. So this is another thing that people are probably going to have a hard time with, but we decide to do uh, a very small dose of psilocybin mushrooms, which again, like when you bring in hallucinogenics to an experience like this, it, uh, instantly discredits, but I'm to the same place. Dude, or, how, sorry. how did you have
0: the last time, like traumatized you, how scary it was? Like, why would you go out there and take drugs?
1: It's a good question. <laughs> um, I needed some closure. I think, I know that sounds weird, but <sighs> yeah, I, obviously, obviously when I'm retelling this story, it's like, if you don't know who I am, it's definitely going to sound bizarre and like some possibly some weird behavior, but that's just, uh, I don't know. I just felt like that would be an interesting thing to do. And, And the reason I wanted to do that is because I felt at the time that this could possibly facilitate, um, this telepathic experience that I had, I thought it might be interesting to do. So, Um, we make the plans we go out there it's we're lucky that no one was out there again this time the parking lot's completely empty we we hike down to the same place I am very freaked out at this point I'm just nervous for obvious reasons because I haven't been back since then um, so we we do a little little exploring and we hike up to the place where I heard the footsteps coming down from and up on this hill is a like a ring of boulders, like giant granite uh, rocks basically. And there is this figure that appears behind a tree about 50 feet away that Julian sees first actually. And it is like this black covered in fur, like a round head with no neck and really long arms. And it's just swaying back and forth behind the tree. And it's just looking at us. I am not in a position where I can see the face because Julian is sitting like on a rock higher up than me, like maybe five feet away, so it has a different angle. But I can see the head, I can see the arm, and I can see the hair coming off its elbow, like an orangutan. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, they have like that long hair on the elbow. Yeah, so it had that. And it's, while we're looking at it, Julian is just, we're both in shock, obviously, because I was not expecting this to happen. I was just expecting, well, I didn't know what I was expecting but to happen, but, Definitely was not expecting this to happen, and so quickly too. When we when we start walking down the the hill, Joanie's like, "Oh my God, oh my God! Like, i holy shit, this is real! Like, I can't fucking believe this. You were you were making this up." And, um, I get in my tent. And I'm like, "All right, that's enough for me. I'm just gonna go to sleep now," uh, which is funny because it's like in the middle of the day, and I'm just feeling extremely tired for some reason. But I lie down, and I take a nap for a little bit, and I wake up, and I wake up to the voices of Stephen and Julian say, "Alex, get the fuck out here!" And as I exit my tent, I see them looking at this cluster of bluish-white orbs in the treetop, and it's like seven or eight of them, and they're all bunched up close together, and they're moving in like a figure-eight uh, motion, like, uh, like kind of like swaying, you know. So we're all freaking out. Obviously, like just a lot of oh my god, oh my god, that kind of thing. Um, I'm looking around us and I see more of these clusters, and I'm thinking like holy shit. And they kind of hang out with us for a, a long time. And uh, at some point, we kind of um, we kind of make a fire and just sort of sit around and we just look at them for what seems like a couple hours almost. So these things are hovering around us for a little bit. They start to like fly in circles around the perimeter of our camp. Like uh, they look like shooting stars almost, like they leave a streak kind of, and they're going like very quickly. And it's it, like, there's, there's people might say these might've been like, uh, there's something called a blue ghost firefly or there are other like rare types of um, uh, luminescent insects that live in North Carolina, but they don't live in Uwari and this is not the time of year and there's no way that these things could move this quickly and act this intelligently too, that's another thing. These things seem to respond to us speaking to them basically. At some point we kind of decide that, all right, this is enough, we're just gonna go sleep and um, just kind of, that, that'll be that. And also I'll add that the, the, the feeling this time was very, very pleasant honestly. Like I was not scared at all, which is very interesting. I felt very welcoming or I felt very welcome. I felt very calm. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a good time, honestly. And when we get in the tent, all the lights are extinguished. Uh, the fire has completely died out. <clears throat> we had left like some chocolates and, uh, like some little stones that we had brought. Cause I'd read about like uh, gifting or whatever for, from like Sasquatch people, and, and again, it's not like I believe that work that would work. But um, here's the crazy thing: on the little slate rock that we left the chocolates and the stones, these lights have started to appear, and we all saw them. We all were like, "Are we seeing the same thing, everybody? Like, can we?" <laughs> and they looked like little burning coals that just sort of appeared out of nowhere. And again, there were, they they formed a circle around the little slate altar that we made and they like we <laughs> the motion that they were making looked like dancing. I know that sounds weird to say about like a little ball of light, but that's that's the, we all we we all kind of made that assessment like it looks like they're happy about this or it looks like they uh are pleased or, or something, you know. It's just we're we're all again just in a state of shock still while this is going on and this is going this is reaching the part of the story where this is this is a, a detail that I often leave out because it is truly um, exceptionally absurd. But again, like I, again, I, the only way I can verify this is if you talk to Julian, which I'm sure he'll talk to you about this and he'll verify it. But, uh, fuck, this is when the military showed up, and it was about I want to say twenty to twenty to thirty guys just walking down the trail with headlamps and rifles. They were, they walked down the trail like parallel to where we were at. The lights that we were seeing over the altar disappeared, dissipated completely. And they just walked right past us. Uh, Steven was very freaked out by this. He thought that we were going to get murdered or something, but um, they either didn't see us or they saw us and just ignored us. But uh, that was the last thing that happened that night. We just went to sleep after they left, but it it's just so strange it's like these events seem to happen in sequence to each other or something like maybe it's just coincidence, but yeah, I just it's so odd that the army just showed up after these these like orange lights showed up so um yeah, and uh, again oftentimes I'll leave that detail out because it's just so fucking absurd, but that is what happened um and that's the end of the second uh trip so
2: Uh, I'm Julian. Um, uh, let's see, I've, I've known Alex for a little while. Uh, he got hired to work at a bar that I was managing, like doing food prep and bar back work. So, I mean, my, my initial impression, because I saw him walking up the sidewalk, was I, was, I just thought that maybe he did <laughs> some sort of ballet or dance. His posture was very good. Um, Which, I don't know. I, at this point, attribute to maybe just being, like, his father's a chiropractor. So, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. But regardless, I thought, as he approached, he seemed level-postured. And then, as I got to know him, he seemed um, level-headed, well-read, well-informed, pretty objective with his opinions, not too emotionally driven. Actually, not, I mean... When I say not to, I compared to most people that I run into, very little uh, emotion drives him. As far as being reactionary, you know, it's like as long. I bet, basically just saying that someone's not crazy is is is. I I mean it's it's true, but it's like in regards to this phenomena. I mean, like, what does that even mean? We don't even know what the fuck's going on, so. Is he eccentric? Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, is he more solitary since COVID? Sure. I think a lot of people are in those ways, especially since that time. But um, like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just jump into him returning from the forest. So in his return from that initial camping trip, it was very evident that he was like highly emotional. Clearly something had occurred. So like to be honest, the reason I'm even doing this interview, it's not something I wanna do because it's not something that I care to broadcast. And um, I have my own, I like my private life. I'm only doing this because I care about him um, and also because uh, this matters a lot to him and also because um, you know, this hasn't been necessarily, like if we're speaking of it being good or bad for his life, mentioning this to people hasn't made more friends for him. Uh, you know, um, it happening, I think also, too, it should be clearly um, indicated that his experience in the forest was different than the one that I had uh, when I went with him and another friend. And so that first experience, I don't think at all was pleasant. Um, and so if we're speaking about that as some sort of trauma, like who do you talk to that is qualified, let's say, to, to deal with that because it's not just a general Psychological or psychiatric, if it is again trauma um, issue, it it's something that's involving, you know, paranormal. So you almost need a psychologist who's gone through that, or who understands that well, or at least, I don't know. So, I I feel like my being here is is on his behalf because I I, like I, yeah, I saw what I saw. Yeah. So he he came back early, like uh. At this time, um, and I'm still his roommate, like, 2023 now, right, 2020 then. I was upstairs, it's a two-story. We switched since then, because I got an extra room to do uh, yoga work in Arden. Um, But at the time I was upstairs, so he returned early. I think he had left the night before, or the day before, rather, uh, to UR, which is, I don't know, like an hour and a half, something like that away. So he came back, I remember the door opened at like, it was quite early, it was like before, 8 a.m., and I was still switching from, like, a, a bartending sort of circadian rhythm, so that was, like, early for me, but door opened, he came back, I was like, well, fuck, I was hoping this trip was going to be great for him to, like, uh, off-gas emotional buildup from being, from the lockdown and all that shit, so, um, so that was my first, I was like, that's too bad, you know, I wish he had stayed out there longer, I, I you know, and then, uh, I don't know if it was, like, later that day or the day after, um that I caught back up with him, and he seemed like really agitated, not angry, but like just nervous, right? If, uh, and he was like, yeah, you know, I gotta, like I'll, I need to talk to you about this. It's like something weird happened. I think he was just trying to digest what the fuck had happened to him. And so at some point he like started, as you would do with something that Again, it's hard to believe with somebody that's close to you, you. You know, you almost want to, like, feel out how they're going to register what you're mentioning, something that happened to you. So in pieces, perhaps, things came out. And then he was like, just began to look into, I guess, the combination of these different data points of the experience he had, um, which led him to looking into, right, Bigfoot, uh we were probably sitting on the couch. Um we might have you know, like it might have been dinner time or something like that. I was like, yeah, so what why'd you come back early? I'm sure that was something I asked. Um like what's going on? Right? I mean he had mentioned that he had camped out in in Uari in this particular place that he just hiked into, that he had pitched a tarp, I believe, so that he just had an open sort of area that was just covered from anything that would, like any precipitation, but not really a closed wall tent. And that, was like some of the first things that happened were as night began to fall, maybe before, he had noticed, I don't know which one came first, but he had noticed like a ball of light moving through the trees. Rocks were thrown at his tent or the tarp. Um that he had heard this kind of whooping uh, or, or or i don't even or yop, i don't i don 't know what you you know something that sounded more monkeyish than human um that he had heard footsteps that were heavy that at some point there had been a strange sort of some kind of transference right energetically whether it 's via consciousness or directly into thoughts i you know Um, and let's see, I think that was about it. So, you know, so I'm hearing that like clearly something had happened to him. This is what he is telling me it was. Uh, I know him to not be prideful or to want attention, right? He often avoids it. Um, I know him to be quite well-read, informed, level-headed, uh, so that's where I was, and then he begins to do deeper and deeper research and to begin to make connections. And I, you know, leading up to this um, this trip where I go with him, which was December, uh, it's like some—I think it was earlier mid-December, something like that. Um, he's he's you know mentioning or he's beginning to connect things in his research and he's mentioning them to me and uh
0: what was going through your head at this point was there any aspects of concern or maybe what's going on with my friend right now um what were you thinking at this time
2: um i i wasn't thinking what's going on with my friend uh as far as him in in the household after returning from the trip if you're speaking about like whether the thought of, um, you know, like a mental breakdown or nervous breakdown was occurring. That wasn't at all going through my head. The questions of the connections that he was making with his research and his experience as to how valid they were was going through my head. Um, The uh, possibility of my experiencing something similar to that was going through my head, but I wasn't really hopeful for it. Uh, I was just trying to, like... Be an ear for somebody that clearly had been affected by something, um, and I was, you know, like I, I was also at least a little enthused that he had something that was giving him uh, a reason to pour himself intellectually and energetically into into a field of any sort of research or occupying his time, right? Because yeah, we both were coming from the food and beverage industry, and the bottom of that blew out, right? So. Like, you know, I, I have my means of staying busy and interacting with people, and uh, I felt like, you know, if if anybody that didn't know him were to argue to the point that he was fabricating this, that maybe they would point that out, right? Like, he needed something to do, but that that's not how I see it. I was just happy that he had that. Uh, so, you know, in the approach of the day that we had set to go, I was like, okay, like, Maybe something will happen. I don't know. Like, I don't mean this. Like, I really don't mean this religiously, but, like, I like to see the devil. I mean, <laughs> like, I want to know fear. That's a fun emotion to work through as far as what it produces. I like, I like to do boxing training. I like to confront some of those. I mean, and that, those are two different things, but let's just say that feeling in general, I think, is the only thing to fear, right? Like the quote says, whoever said that. Um, so... I wasn't looking for that necessarily but I didn't have that feeling going into it I more had the feeling of this this means a lot to my friend if I am to see something uh maybe I'll just I, I'll I'll have the feeling if I do see something that I'm simply lucky right that I'm fortunate to be proximate to something like this regardless of whether or not it's explainable in my lifetime or there's or it's acceptable culturally, or even if it's not, I, like that has nothing to do with, I, I just, you know, if if I'm to witness something remarkable, that would be cool. Um, and if not, I'll just be on a camping trip for a night with two of my friends uh, in the cold, which, what? who gives a fuck, like, I'm, like I grew up camping in the cold, that's not a big deal. Um, and if nothing happens, then I, you know, fuck it. All right, maybe I'll come back or maybe I won't. Um, it was just decided we're going to go. We'll do this on this date. I get a tent for the occasion because I know it's going to be cold. So it's like a base camp sort of super cold weather thing. Um, we hike in, we, we set the tent. Um, I mentioned we, we all took some mushrooms. Uh, I don't remember the dosage, but it was less than two. It was probably in the 1.3, 1.5. Um,
0: what was the thinking with the mushrooms?
2: Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we're just like, <laughs> cause again, like I'm on a camping trip with friends and uh, I need to chill fuck out from the gravity of, 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 of let's nervous anxiety related to the lockdown.
0: Not, not this. Like, um. So you guys are kind of having like a, you're not really going on a research trip. You're like, Hey, let's go on a camp out. I,
2: yeah, I'm not going like, no, because like, Okay, if it's research, then what are the instruments for registering things? Like, what are what? What's the thesis of to gather? And like, how could it be specified from the abstract of something unexplainable and something not? Like, you know, like, and and I don't even I'm not qualified to do that, and I'm, it's not my interest. Uh, maybe Alex felt like it was research. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, I don't want to speak for him, but. And I think I mentioned this in our interview last time. Like I don't, I don't think discounting whether or not again, like it comes back to the word whatever the fuck real means. But like perhaps the the alteration, even if it's slight, because that's what I am trying to stress that the dosage was slight. But even if that slight change in neurochemistry is um, caused by psilocybin mushrooms, uh, even if that does produce something that people say is hallucination, perhaps the other way to view it is that it's allowing right something to be viewed that's also possible um i mean i I, i'm not here to like argue against because again like there's plenty of intelligent friends of mine that write the entire thing off because of that consuming of psilocybin mushrooms but um yeah i mean perhaps they're related to the ability to view something like this i don't know but Uh, I do know that I've done enough trips and I've done them with a variety of strains and dosages. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter for me, the mushroom part. I'm just mentioning because I want to be transparent completely in in as many details as possible as to the state of mind I was in, what was in my body, right? Um, What was outside my body.
0: All right, I'm just jumping in to say that normally I try to avoid stories that feature any kind of drug use. For obvious reasons. Um, I'm making an exception on this one for two reasons. Uh, reason one is that this is just such a weird story that I really don't care in this case. And two is that they really were not taking a big dose of these mushrooms. Um, if you look at any kind of dosage guide, one gram of mushrooms is, they're probably going to giggle a little bit. Um, but they're not going to see the type of things that they ended up seeing. I would just keep that in mind and also the fact that a lot of the things that eventually happened to them in this story are either before or long after these mushrooms would have even been affecting them. So I'm going to let him explain, but I figured that was worth mentioning.
2: So, yeah, we we take those... um after we had set tent, uh, we're walking up a hill. This place was in, I guess, uh, uh, like between two ridges and they're small, maybe like, you know, I mean, less than a hundred feet vertically. Um, So we're ascending that. And this is probably, I don't know, between like one and 2.30, I would guess, 12.30 maybe even where we had where we arrived at the site and then set the tent to begin to ascend this this ridge just to look around. Um because I, I don't believe Alex did that his first trip. Um, and as we're ascending the first thing happens, which this is not too strange, but again like maybe, maybe it should be mentioned, but like my ears are popping. Um so I was like, oh maybe there's a pressure change, maybe there's a storm front coming in. That's what I was thinking. Then we we go And at the top of this ridge, there's, like, uh, a cluster of, I don't know, I guess granite or quartz or just, like, rocks that were big enough to sit on. Um, And we're just sitting there talking, um, waiting, maybe, uh, looking around, trying to be sensitive to anything that might be different than what you would expect to see in in a forest landscape or near a campsite uh, the third of our party leaves to go back to the campsite and and then this is like the first very strange thing um, so I'm sitting next to Alex I don't know like I don't know the north-southwest or anything like that but he's to my right on a rock that's slightly higher than me uh, and my I'm drawn my gaze is just drawn downhill as I look down I see like from my right side over what it, what appears to be somebody who's wearing a black hoodie because the slope of the neck, or if we say trapezius muscles right was um, gradual, not not abrupt and acute like most people um, who who you know who aren't like lifting a lot or whatever, but it would like somebody wearing a hoodie would look like that. Our friend who had gone down the hill had been wearing a black hoodie, so I just presumed it was him coming back up to us. Um, and my eyes are taking that in as I'm also saying, hey, Alex, look at Steven. And, or maybe I just say, hey, Alex, look, whatever. I don't remember exactly what I said. But in the time that my eyes are looking at the details of what's going on and my words are saying something to get Alex's attention to look at who our friend, who I think it is, I realize that this isn't a human because it swung out. To where I saw about to here, right? So I saw it here initially. Then it moves to its right, like in a in that sort of motion. And in that time, I see a face that's not human. Uh, it's clear to me that what I thought was the slope of of a hooded jacket was actually neck muscles, and the black that I thought was cloth was actually short hair. The face was hairless. The eyes were. Um, I mean, again, the face was also shaped differently. It's more round. The eyes were larger in proportion. The pupils were larger in proportion to the eyes, so less white. I didn't, I don't even know if I noticed eyelids. I don't think I saw brows. There were a lot of furrowing wrinkles here, the very narrow bridge of a nose, a shorter nose, nostrils that were wide, and you could, um, not flared, but you could see um, inside. Uh, Big cheeks, wide cheeks. wide big lips so they were maybe out here no facial hair um almost like a like a, a moon shaped face and then the hair came along the crest and then the crest of the skull was um not pointed but it right it kind of it kind of came to a slight point but it was rounded and then again just went into it almost what seemed to be a very muscular neck and then kind of sloped rounded shoulders um I w- I was the impression I had was that it was almost childlike or feminine. I don't know I don't I can't tell you why I have that other than like I guess cuz the proportion of the eyes and the roundness of the face maybe it was just the the sensing of something not being let's just say like if I were to see something that was that I felt threatened by in the forest I would I would say that's more masculine, right? That's just maybe just from human interaction, but I didn't get that feeling up. And and then so as the this creature kind of opens up in here. Alex begins to look back as it's like here. So he sees the side of the head and the neck. And, the, and we and we, had, we just saw this tree like a few weeks ago, but like the thickness of the tree and the thickness of the body weren't consistent with its disappearing behind it. The tree was much thinner than the thickness of the creature. I mean, it, it was gone. It went behind the tree and was not there. I don't know, man. Um, so it
0: was disappearing behind
2: a tree? That's what that's what I'm saying is the thickness of the creature...
0: That's what you're saying, yeah.
2: ...was thicker than the tree.
0: So I'm jumping in to explain because it's kind of hard to describe without using any kind of visual reference. But what these guys saw is this large creature basically peeking at them from behind a tree. If you can imagine it peeking out half of its body and then it would go back and disappear behind the tree. But the body of this thing is so much wider than the tree that there would be no way it could hide behind this tree yet when it would go back behind it would completely disappear. So that's why it's hard to describe and that's why they are so freaked out aside from the fact that they were seeing what they think is Bigfoot. And part of the reason I finally understood what they were describing with this motion is that I actually found a video of this exact thing happening and it was recorded quite close to where they are camping. So, I'll put a link to that but Let's get back to the episode and let him describe what happened next.
2: So the motion of opening up behind the tree and going back behind it would presume that the other side of the shoulder would come out the other side. This didn't happen. It was there, and then it was behind the tree, and it was gone. When we stand up and go towards that tree, there's nothing there. It's it's bright enough, right? I mean, the sun had another hour or two to be set, at least, so...
0: Do you know for sure that this was not a bear? What made you think that this was not a bear that you were seeing? Uh,
2: didn't have a snout. Um, the, the eye size, the lips, the, the facial features, um, the, almost the motion was extremely controlled, but that, I guess a bear could, could do that and I wouldn't notice it, but the disappearing behind a tree part, um, that is a, that's a big one. I, I mean, I don't know any, any humans that do that unless they, I mean, unless someone had... Somehow set up a very effective, like, cloaking or apparatus there in the forest, uh, predicting us to be there. I, you know, I don't know, man. Um, I, yeah, it's just the the faces was nothing like. It's nothing like anything I'd ever seen, uh, real or imagined. To be honest, I mean, I haven't looked into Bigfoot stuff, so.
0: What was going through your head at that point, seeing this thing?
2: I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to like really zero in exactly what my I like I cuz I feel like I was flitting I don't know if I was flitting back and forth, but I remember feeling shock and awe like wanting to confirm that Alex had seen anything of that I had seen cuz I was like f- like I feel crazy right now viewing that for a moment. Um and then fear that our friend wasn't with us because I did have a little bit of a concern then because our other compatriot, right, that wasn't there, right? He wasn't with us. So in viewing something that I couldn't comprehend, if I felt a little bit of, like, a little fear of, like, fuck, you know, we need to find our friend, like, that's what I was thinking. We need to make sure something strange hasn't happened to him. And I don't mean, like, he has viewed something that we didn't get to see. I mean, like, something strange happens to him and we don't return in the same way that we entered this forest, like, you know. uh, So that was what
0: I was thinking. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Folks, springtime is here, and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style, You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women, and everything is made from high-quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And, like I mentioned... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash otherworld. Springtime is here. I've recently had all of my windows open, letting in the breeze, the smell of fresh flowers blooming all over my neighborhood. This is what a house should smell like. It should not smell like your cat's litter box. Thankfully, Pretty Litter makes that very easy. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. It also gives me peace of mind knowing pretty litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and more. This is especially useful now that my cat is hanging out constantly by our screen door, getting visitations from coyotes, raccoons, squirrels, other cats, who knows what else. So it's very helpful knowing that if he picks up anything weird from them, I'll notice right away in his litter. When I first got my cat Merlin, I tried using the cheap cat litter that comes in those huge, giant bags from the pet store. That stuff is awful. Some of it smells worse than the smells it's supposed to be covering up. It does not have to be like that. There's a better way to live. There's no reason for your house to smell like your cat's litter box. If your house smells like a cat's litter box, that's on you. That's not on your cat. Pretty Litter is amazing. You should give it a try. Go to prettylitter.com/otherworld to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com/otherworld to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, The money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically, or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill, and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're going to be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld.
2: So we go downhill. We find him. We go to the campsite. We tell him what we had seen. Um, it was kind of, I don't think it was raining. It might have been like falling a little bit. We're telling our friend about this. Another strange thing had happened before we made a fire, but again, I put this in the same sort of box that I put the ear popping as far as a potential uh, pressure change or weather phenomenon. But it, there was a very quick downhill rolling of a, of like a foggy mist thing. Um, so that happened, but again, I didn't I didn't put much stock into it. I'm just mentioning it because in hindsight, with all the other strange things that happened, like perhaps that's something too mentioned. Then, you know, we decide, like, hey, we should make a fire. And then we had spoken of it potentially being a a night filled with stars, even though, again, there was, like, rain at different parts throughout our trip there. Um, And so, again, I can't remember if we had started the fire or it was right before that, but, um, like, I look up, I'm like, oh, there's a star. And then like, I'm looking and I'm looking closer and I'm realizing it's not at a celestial height, right? It's not, like it's at the treetop level. And I'm like, oh fuck, we all stand up because that light orb was in the shape of an orb, um, had another few, like one or two next to it. They were off-white. And then, as we stand up and we're looking, we notice there's three clusters of these things that are seemingly surrounding us at the tree level, tree like the top of the tree level. So another like instance. I, at this point, I'm I am i am feeling joyful again. Like I just that little fear thing was was kind of it dissipated after seeing our friend and just and like just trying to chew through what the fuck had happened through conversation and thought, and then another radically curious thing occurs um, and we're just watching these orbs I'm just like kind of laughing and <laughs> like uh and at this point it should also be mentioned that the the effect of the mushrooms was waning um, if not pretty much totally dissipating um, and then all three of us saw these clusters
0: um, if they're at the top of the trees like how big are they can you make a comparison to something like, like- because I thought
2: it was a star first, so that would be pretty small. Maybe that would be like a fist size. I feel like as we were looking at them, I believe some of them might have been larger. Um, grapefruit, maybe. Maybe baseball. I mean, they were, they were slightly varied in their size and color, but I would say off-white, orbed. All I know is there were like three loci of these stars-looking that looking things that were at the tree level that were directly above our head that we were all seeing that we were also all asking ourselves whether we were seeing to each other um or asking each other whether we were seeing them uh, it's just something i don't understand so whether that's like intensely technological or intelligent um or if you want to use the word magical as as something to replace that that's what's going through my head i don't i don't comprehend this i don't understand what this is um uh you know i i like I don't know i mean maybe 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 I should have like considered the possibility of being a number of other things, but i like like is it possible somebody would like i it's just not I don't know of a lighting system that can be be like i don't know well one that like anyone would have the a reason to again to like deceive a group of three random people. On a day that's cold and wet in December, in the middle of a national forest for their own entertainment or for whatever gain we can um, try to fathom. But, or whether it's like, you know, (laughs) again, I just defer to the fact that it's something that's like strange.
0: It's funny. It's funny interviewing you. You're very cerebral, I would say, which is a good thing. But it's also funny hearing you describe these things that are wondrous. Um, I could tell you that you're, you're still trying to understand it in a bit, you know.
2: Yeah, but I also like I like one thing that for me that this isn't uh is an element of my identity, which I think it is for many others. I mean, perhaps perhaps I should allow that in. I like and then I also like again, it's not my prerogative to convince anybody. So, um but yeah, so those lights happen. We like I brought walnuts and chocolate. We eat that. Um the fire's continuing. Uh, I believe it's kind of raining. The other things that started to happen, too, that were strange is definitely, like, I'm hearing things splashing around in... Because this site was uh, at, the ba- again, the base of two kind of hill, mountain things. Um, and there were two little streams that kind of went into... Um, I guess that teemed. And then around that area was a little glade or grove or whatever of, um, of a little bit of trees. And that's where we had the the tent set up and then it's facing the fire. The exit of the tent is facing the fire we made. So we're sitting there and I'm like hearing splashes again. I don't know what that could be like. Um, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily relating that to Alex's experience of hearing things stomping around. But at this point I've seen like two phenomena that are very, very strange. Um, and then you know, like, so that continues, um, and then eventually we go to sleep. It's a three-person tent, and we're all, like, facing outwards. The fire's extinguished for a good amount of time. It's, you know, I don't know. It's probably past midnight. I think well, the last we talked on it, all three of us, it, we were like, yes, yeah, or they they said it was, like, 1230 or 1. I thought that was about right, but it was late at night, and it was definitely cold, close to freezing, wet um, fires out, but we're looking out of the tent because at this point, perhaps there will be other, something else. And there is another phenomenon, and this is a different sort of lighting phenomenon, but um, there, like, offset from the fire, maybe above it as well, like these, these little lights, then they're different. They're not orbs. They're warmer in, in hue, too, and they're more angular and soft, right? If, like, I could clearly delineate the edge of the orbs, these, I would say, were almost, like, fuzzy as far as not having the... Like ability to discern exactly where they ended, but more angular too, not round, mm-hmm. and they're mo- and there's more activity to them, and in my memory there's a larger amount, like twenty or thirty or you know maybe ten or fifteen. Some I like it starts with a one or two. We're all like, are you seeing this? And they're just moving and they're close to the ground, um, and like you know if somebody was like, hey, those are fairies, like oh okay. I get, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like that, like maybe that looks like a, a, a like a creature that has wings, because that 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 wouldn't be the most unfair description of what we saw. But again, it's like you couldn't see anything specific. It was just, but it did have this thing like angular, sort of, and then like just kind of moving like this. Um, not fucking fireflies, not embers of the fire. Like it, like active lights in my mind. Something that seemed, yeah, like um, dance-like. Yeah, they had more motion. Almost, they almost seemed like
0: they had life to them. Yeah, they had
2: con- like a conviviality to them compared. Like the orbs were still there, and they might have slightly moved, but these were like not buzzing, right? But like, like almost like fucking little dancing in the air things. I don't know. Um, and then they begin to appear more in the same area. They're about. 20 to 30 feet away from us, horizontally, as we're laying on our bellies viewing. And the numbers of the lights increased to maybe maybe 30, but probably less than that. Um, yeah, so they, they seem to be moving in some sort of manner that seemed like you could relate it to people doing like a some sort of folk dance or something, right? Like. Um, little bit of bounce, motion in and out from one another. Just kind of not even, I don't, wouldn't say circling, but they're just like bobbing around there and we're all viewing it and it's probably going on for like 15 to 30 minutes. And it again, cold, wet, December, early morning. And then this is the part, this is the second time that I had like actual fear. I wasn't watching these, but then there's, where like, there's a very bright, almost metallic light, right? If we want to give characteristics the celestial things looked almost celestial, right? star-like, orbed. the lights that we saw that seemed fairy-like were warm, angular, fuzzy, you know, frolicking above the ground, almost mingling with one another. And then this was like a very sharp, metallic, almost scoping light, right? And it ended up being a flashlight, the thing that we saw, but I, I didn't know what the fuck it was. As soon as that uh, appears, they, those things are gone and the thing's moving about. It's kind of swinging or it's metallic. The the movement of of that light, like it became clear, it was like a group of people, as far as I knew. Like I couldn't see out in there, but I was like, and my my concern then was like, oh, this is like a group, this is a group of people with flashlights. Why the fuck are they here in the middle of nowhere at this time of night? Like, that's not cool. I don't know, or maybe it is, like maybe they're just camping, but nobody goes out at that time to set camp. so I was concerned, you know. it's was, like, far more afraid of a group of humans in that place and time um, than I was all the unexplainable stuff. And we're just sitting there watching. And then, like, as this group of people come closer, they kind of go. Um, there's, like, a, a series or a couple bridges, I think, to get to where we were that you could kind of see. And there was, again, the slope that we came from. I believe they came from around there. And then they crossed a, one or two of the bridges. And they kind of go somewhat up the ridge that we had ascended earlier. And then they come directly in our line of sight, so like across the front of the tent. And it's like, it's, it's military, people on a hike, or I don't know what their purpose is, but they're armed. Um, the The flashlight is like a like on a, the barrel of a gun. Um, I don't even know, I mean, I mean, probably, I mean, it's a, a good amount of people, like 20 something, Maybe that seems right. And they're just in file. And we're just quiet as fuck. I don't say a thing. I'm sure they saw us, but um, they just go on and they go past.
0: Are they in uniform?
2: Yeah, I believe they were. Yeah, because that's like, yeah, I mean, it was dark, right? But the moon was out and they had lights and they had guns. And yeah, pretty sure there was like, I don't know what you call the apparel, but. There might have been camo. I mean it was it looked, it appeared to be green and there appeared to be patches that were indicative of military, but like again, it was dark and couldn't really tell. But it was definitely people, twenty plus, you know, young dudes, um with guns. And they just hiked away. But again, I was still that was still the most concerning part of it all for me, to be honest. Um, and maybe that's just from watching too many movies, but also maybe like I don't know.
0: What were you thinking?
2: Um. I, what I was thinking was, uh, I, I was simply trying to look for anything that would seem like this group of people were, uh, one, noticing we were there, and then two, like where they would advance toward us. So if I saw either one of those things, then, then like, I don't know, man. I just was hoping neither one of those two things was going to happen. But I, again, I'm sure they did notice that we were there. I mean... I was just mostly, again, in some sort of astonishment and awe because that seemed curious. Just that that happened right after seeing all these other things.
0: So, what was what did you guys talk about at that point?
2: Uh, you know, we might have spoken a little bit like, "Well, that's weird that the government is is here at this time um, after we've just seen that. Maybe they know about this. Maybe they're looking for this. Maybe they." Were alerted somehow that this that we not not that we specifically saw, but that there was a manifestation of some sort of phenomenon. Maybe that's the thing. Um, but yeah, and then I just remember sleeping, and again, I'm like I, like right now as I'm telling this, I'm I'm maybe like speaking with more fatigue, but that's just because I'm tired today and I got things to do. But um, no, then during that time, I was actually pretty happy to just like see something that seemed miraculous. So. I was still giddy, but I was like ready to sleep. And then we woke up. We put pitched the tent, uh, or not pitched it. We we put it back away. And then we went and got breakfast after leaving. You know, went back to back to our our lives. Now there were also strange things that continued when when we got home, which is like like again. I don't like I don't, I, I don't even necessarily want to mention because please. <laughs> okay, I mean like. Because the, these are things that, like, I, I, am not, I am not purporting to have a direct relation to, but there are things that haven't happened to me um, until after this event. One of those things, and again, this could be, like, something, maybe I'm just aging, maybe I've been listening to things, but, like, like maybe the volume's been too loud in the headphones, I don't know, but about, like, it might have been within a couple days after or a week after, I have ringing in my ears, and it, it, it continues from that point onward until now, um 2023 it stopped here and there or i don't notice it maybe for a week or two or a month but i I've, I've never had a consistent ringing um i did have migraines when i was a kid uh I pro- and had a little bit of vertigo here and there usually preceding or after migraines per- usually preceding i think but i like I, that was mostly a childhood thing um this ringing shit is and i mean and i'm saying that cuz it like took me a while to get used to it it was not fun um, that was something that I noticed and it was consistent and it was daily. Also the whole dream shit, like definitely had a few, I'd have to look at cause I wrote them down, but there were definitely some weird ones. Um, I'm mentioning them because it was waking up from a couple of these dreams where there were a lot of noticeably curious things. Um, like this, uh, like this, the classical or medieval painting, not maybe not medieval painting, but like the con- Maybe it's random, but like the nightmare thing where there's a figure sitting on your chest, feeling like I like there was one where I literally it felt like something was breathing in my fucking lungs, like not like I didn't necessarily. I just saying I struggled to breathe wouldn't really capture the feeling that I had. It was like something was opening and closing my lungs and I couldn't move. And and I know that happened more than once. And I know that one of those times there was also a strange sort of sulphurous smell. Like I haven't looked into this, but. I know mentioning it now, too, and also having been around somebody that has done the research, like, apparently that's something that can be relative to whatever, some sort of phenomena. I don't know, but it, like, I just had this feeling after leaving that forest that with the ringing and with this, like, these number of nightmares and sleep paralysis, um, that, like, we had, I don't know, that something had somehow gotten attached or something or we have been low. I don't know I don't know man see like I don't like I don't even want to bring up some of this shit because it's not as specific as to witnessing what happened in the forest in the daytime it's just like that was those, those have been relatively unpleasant those those few things um, and they've they definitely like that it was mostly like in the weeks and months to follow the ringing is something that's just keep, kept on going Um yeah like again, that's why overall, I just I even though like, it's it's a curious thing to tangle with how or whether you want to mention this at all and um, like in general, I just feel kind of lucky that I got to view something like this. That's it, because I because I know it may never happen again. And like to predict how to view it,
0: I don't know. My last question is: this story is really out there. Like, what do you tell people who have trouble? Wrapping their mind around or believing something like this, uh, as far as coming to know anything,
2: I, I think the first state of mind must be openness to potential. You know, because I'm, I from what I understand, there's sure there's probably a lot of like psychiatric cases that go into uh, this sort of discussion or interest because they need something to attach themselves to. But you have to, I think you at least have to be open to to the statement that the, the nature of reality is go- is a continually evolving um, understanding, and that will never end, uh, regardless of what math and physics conclude as far as, you know, certainties. Like, there, you can't be certain of what is uncertain and what of, what of what information is outside the scope of registering or understanding. So, um, and hearing it, you, the first thing they're going to want to do is just question the nature of that person. So that's the that is the easier thing to do. Uh, I can say that um, first, I had at least openness because I had my background, but then secondly, I had the knowing of the person that went through this experience. The, I, I know this person quite well, and then I had the actual experience. So um, that last part, there's no there's no there's no substitute for that. So unfortunately. Yeah, I get tired just talking about it. I'm Like, I'm realizing as I'm going, I'm, I hope I didn't come off agitated or anything like that. I I don't know. It was, it was a strange enough thing to process. And and that also probably means it, like, like when does that end, the processing of it? Again, if there's, like, things that I'm noticing that are continuing, like this ear ringing, like, I don't know. I don't know what that indicates. But the recounting of it, the really good friends that, that just can't buy it or, or want to give some sort of some sort of particular outlier indicator that would make this all not real or fabricated. Uh, that, I mean, that was, yeah, that's not fun. I mean, you know, like, you know, it sucks when a, when a, a close friend is like, nah, man, you know, but whatever. I don't like, there's, there's other tenants that the friendship is based on that are very valid. So I don't worry about this. And I also understand how, how this can be, you know, c- how I can come across. Cause it, you know, I was in that position, not, too long ago
0: so my final question is so you've gone multiple times and seen stuff like hypothetically if I went out there if, if I said Alex can you take me out there what are the chances are that I would see something um
1: probably 80% I'd say. I have seen... Really? Yeah, I mean, I've experienced something weird every single time I've been out there. I have not seen the orbs every time. I've seen the orbs probably... Uh, yeah, like 80% of the time. That's why I say that. But, I mean, like, if you stay out there long enough and you stay after dark, you're gonna have something weird happen. Like, as... Uh, you know, I don't want to say that as a rule, but that's just... that's That has been my experience and uh, the peer, the people that i brought have had experiences um, every time that I've brought them out there. So, yeah. I mean, I'd say pretty high likelihood.
0: I guess that's something I'm going to have to think about then, I guess. We'll see. All right. Thank you to Julian and Alex for telling us that story. Like I said in this episode, there is thermal footage recorded in the Uari forest very near where Alex camped. And this footage seems to capture some kind of large creature peeking out behind trees and disappearing in the same way that they described. It moves very strange and it's quite large. It's honestly eerie to watch this footage. I'll put a link to it in the description. You can watch it for yourself and see what you think. And I actually spoke to a friend who's active duty military about all of this. And he told me that the special forces do indeed conduct training operations in those woods very regularly. In fact, there's a base in the Uwaris. And, you know, I was never confused by the presence of the military. It is odd that they showed up. But for me, I was really curious to see if I could talk to anybody that trained in the Uwaris. Because you have to wonder, what have all of those guys seen? I mean, they're out there doing these marches in the middle of the night in this area where Alex and Julian have gone multiple times and seen something. You have to assume that they've at least seen something strange while walking around there at night. But unfortunately, my friend said that the special forces guys are not the type of people who are down to talk about anything, let alone the things I wanted to talk to them about. So for now, I guess I'll just have to wonder. That brings us to the end of this story for now. I was a little unsettled by how confident Alex was about me being able to see something if I went out with them. You know, there's a lot of bad TV shows out there dedicated to people allegedly looking for this stuff, all with very little results, mind you. And, you know, it's in our nature to want answers, I guess. But when it really comes down to it, and I have a story that I believe and have a real opportunity where maybe I could go out and see something like this. And I really think about it and consider it. And I can consider what these two went through after experiencing what they did. Specifically, Julian talking about still having ringing in his ears. I'm not sure I would really want to go through that myself. It seems... Like kind of a lose-lose Especially for how traumatized Alex was After that first trip But even if it terrifies me I don't know That might be something that I'll have to do for the sake of the show We'll just have to see Like I've said before The world is just getting started So Maybe I do need to go out there with these guys But with that It brings us to the end of the episode This has been episode 34, the URIs part two, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is hosted and executive produced by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Man. The soundtrack of this episode is by North Americans. Editing and engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. If you want to hear more episodes and support the show, you could do so at patreon.com otherworld. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at otherworldpod on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, please send us that story at stories at otherworldpod.com.